week, so turn with me, let me start it this way. Turn with me over to Colossians chapter 2. I'll get you there. I'll meet you there at some time in the message. Colossians chapter 2. Uh, last week, I started a message on the Holy Spirit. Uh, thought maybe it was just going to be one message. Turns out we're going to go ahead and run it for three weeks. So we'll call it a series called The Peace, the Presence, and the Promise. Last week, we did just, we focused a brief summary on who the Holy Spirit is, um, that he's not just our counselor. The word I like that's translated is a counselor into um, advocate. I like that word advocate. Uh, I looked up uh, Webster's Dictionary, defines it, um, some of the synonyms as uh the fighter, the crusader, the one that popped up and, you know, a, a, alive in me was the word the backer. The advocate is the backer of. Think about it in, in perspective with the Holy Spirit and his mission, his job description. And the words that what Jesus spoke, the Holy Spirit is the backer of. And we looked into John, I think it was John chapter 16 about the description there of the Holy Spirit and what he does. And as the backer of, Jesus describes that the Holy Spirit will take from all that is Jesus's and make it a reality to you. Ho, 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 I like that. I like that. So we just touched briefly on who the Holy Spirit is, but what I'm trying to get us to um step into is a constant awareness of the Holy Spirit's presence in our life. Um, that, you know, we weren't, you know, and of course this is all Jesus' words here, that we didn't surrender our life to him, become a follower of Christ, and then kicked out of the nest and say, now there, go do it on your own. We've been given all resources, everything we need, everything that says Jesus is, but it comes to us through the Holy Spirit. So to stay in that constant awareness, being aware of the Holy Spirit, remember we read last week that he leads us into all truth. He teaches us all things, and he reminds us of everything that Jesus spoke. So why would we try to do this without him? There's specific resources that God has made a, available to equip us and to empower us, but we can live without ever accessing their existence. The Holy Spirit is not only the top, on the top of this list, he is the list on which these things are carried to us. And so again, to try to do a Christian life without the Holy Spirit is... I'll just say it. It's impossible. Because you can't. The Holy Spirit is part of the Trinity. He is the deity. He, so to try to follow Christ without the Holy Spirit is impossible. You can't. You can't be a little Christ, which is what a Christian is, without the Holy Spirit. I mean, he began his ministry, what? Being baptized. Water baptized. Then the Holy Spirit descended on him. Then he was led. So if he couldn't do it without the Holy Spirit, why do we think we can? And then we went into the first aspect of this series and we talked about the peace. 
Not just the worldly idea of peace. The world's idea of peace is it has to be absence of war. It has to be no conflict. It can't be any turmoil. That's peace. Well, Jesus said, I give you my peace. Not just a peace. Not as the world gives it, which is always strings attached to it. But I give you my peace. His peace can help us stand and speak to the waves to calm them, to speak to the wind and silence them, but it can also help us to stand strong in the fire. So his peace doesn't always blow away the storm, but his peace is also the strength that helps us stand through the storm. It's a peace that's that unshakableness, that unmovableness, that resoluteness within you that knows that he is king. My circumstances don't define me. My circumstances don't change my belief. It's my peace or God's peace in me that keeps me strong. Again, in the midst of everything. I'm still working on a book that I believe God's given me. It's called Preaching Through the Pain. And it's not just about pain, physical pain. It's about, you know, emotional pain, anxiety, stress, worry, blah, 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 life, right? Let's just say life. And not just preaching as in a pastor preaching. We're all called to preach. And how do we stand and how do we declare God's goodness when somebody looks at our life and thinks, oh, you know? But when they hear your words, how can you speak the words that bring that peace, that brings that power, that declares the kingdom that sets men free? It's Jesus in you, the Holy Spirit in you, the deity, the fullness, which I don't want to. I'm preaching that scripture already, so be careful. I'm just giving you a summary of last week here. The Holy Spirit stays, remains, rests upon, abides in the atmosphere of peace, which I said the atmosphere of peace is the atmosphere of heaven. It's our job, our responsibility to cultivate this atmosphere of peace. Again, it's in us, not about us. You know, we don't run around our house screaming, I can't have peace because my kids won't listen to me and my husband does this and always football game. You know, no, you can still have peace in all that. The Holy Spirit remains, rest, abides. Our job is to cultivate that inner peace. And it's not our peace that we're cultivating. It's a staying focused on Jesus, his peace. Uh, then we close last week of Romans 16, 20, because once you get this, once you get this, that that peace, his peace in you, unmovable, unshakable, he says he is the prince of peace. And in Romans 16, 20, he says, and the prince of peace will soon crush Satan under your feet. She's already been crushed under his feet. But he said, you get this in you. And you will, who? The peace in you, Jesus in you, will crush Satan under your feet. <laughs> I like that. I like that a lot. I do. I, I, I wake up and think, how can I torment that guy today? You know? Because isn't that what he does every day? 
Are we supposed to be on the defense or are we on the offense? Please. He runs. He runs. So we should get up every morning and think, how are you going to run today? Tuck tail and run, right? Because I woke up today. All right, let's get into week two. Week two, I want us to focus on the presence. Remember, this series is called The Holy Spirit, The Peace, The Presence, and The Promise. Today we're going to talk on the presence. So in Colossians chapter 2, I just want to read two verses. Am I there? No. Almost there. All right. Starting verse 9. Let's read 9 and 10. For in Christ all the fullness of the deity lives in bodily form. And you have been given fullness in Christ, who is the head over every power and authority. Did you hear that? That when we remain in Christ, the fullness of the deity, the whole Godhead has been given to us, in us, is in us. You carry within you, upon you, the fullness of the Godhead. We host the very presence of God within us and upon us. The fullness of the deity, the deity meaning the divine status, quality, and nature, the very presence of. The presence is the person of God, the power of God, and the kingdom of God in you and through you, upon you, through you. The presence of God is the person of God. I gave that little um, example last week when I was given a prelude to this message this week. That it's one thing for your kid to be crying on their bed. There's a monster under my bed. Mom, come save me. Dad, come save me. And you just stand in the doorway and just say, oh, stop it. There's nothing there. There's nothing to be afraid of. There's nothing there. It's a totally different thing for you as a parent to crawl into the bed, lay there with them. And now, whoop, what monster? Why? Because dad's right here with me. See, when you understand, when you finally open your mind, renew your mind to understand the very fullness of the deity, when we stay in Christ, is in us, the person of God, the Trinity, God in us. What fear? What worry? What devil? Totally different perspective. God in me. The presence is the person of God. So stop focusing on who you are. You understand if you spent more time focusing on who God is in you and less on who you are or who you are not or what you think you are, or what you think you are not, you would have a lot more victory in your life. That peace would come a little bit easier because now it doesn't rest upon your performance. It's resting upon his performance, what he did. He's in me. 
So who am I? All I have to do is look to who Jesus is. Oh, you think you're Jesus? <laughs> yes. Yes, I am. Not because of anything I did. I bear the marks of a sinful man. But I also bear the scars of a healing Savior who's healed me from all the past, who's wiped away all the past. Who he is is who I am. See, there's a difference. You have to open your mind to be renewed into the image of Christ. Where have I heard that before? <laughs> it's in there. It's in the book. Read it. Stop focusing on who you are and who you are not and start focusing on who he is in you. The fullness of the deity. All my job is is to back up into Christ. I'm in Christ. Christ's in me. The fullness. All I have, Jesus said, is yours. The greatest attack of the enemy is on your identity. It was on Jesus, right? The minute he was water baptized, he came up out of the water. The Holy Spirit descended on him like a dove. Heavens, it says, was ripped apart. And the voice was heard saying, you are my son in whom I am well pleased. Then the Holy Spirit led him into the wilderness to be tempted by the enemy. And what was the temptations all about? Your identity. If you are the son of God. If you are the son of God. Why was he saying it? Because that was a word that was just spoken to him. Why is that important? Because you cannot do anything when you walk around, oh, oh, I'm a worm. Oh, I can't do this. Oh, I can't do that. You have to understand your identity in Christ. Not just understand it, but believe it and begin to walk it. I am the image of Christ. I am the fullness of God. Oh, well, mm. I mean, can't you just hear the religious people saying that now? Oh, you think you are? Yeah, I am. Read it. Not because I did anything, but I surrendered everything. The presence of God is the person of God. The presence of God is the manifest power of God. Did he go anywhere where his power was not present? Even at a party, even at a wedding, his power was there. Even at the well, when he was tired, his power was there. Everywhere he went, his power was there. The heavens declare the greatness of God. The heavens declare your marvelous deeds. His power is there. The presence carry his power. Think about it. When Peter's shadow healed the sick, was it Peter's shadow that healed the sick? It was the presence he carried, the presence in him, the power. I think I heard Bill Johnson say that you're, you shadow whoever overshadows you. So if you have worry and guilt and fear hovering over your head, that's what will go be behind you. That's what will hit other people around you. But when you're overshadowed by, you're under, when you understand the presence that you're under, the power of God is what shadows you. And it's that shadow. They came in close proximity, not with Peter, but with the kingdom of God.
the presence of God, the presence of the Holy Spirit. Now, listen, if you believe you have to do something in order to receive the power of God in and through you, then you're not believing that all power is God's. If you have to do something, well, I got to make sure I pray the right prayer. I got to make sure I, 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 I lay my hands on them just the right way. I, I got to make sure I, then it's about you and it's not about God. You're actually believing that your presence is more powerful than God's presence. Now listen, this one I have to keep reminding myself over and over and over again. Because I have to tell you, I battle with this too. I just shared, I think it was with the staff. Um, maybe not, I don't remember who I just shared it with. I battle all the time when it comes to, see I can preach till I'm blue in the face. This don't bother me. But where I feel the intimidation the the oh is when it comes to altar time and my I always think oh it sounds so spiritual when I don't want them to think about me I don't want them to think I did so I'll pray for them back here you know and believe God and yet I constantly get that poke no go lay hands on the sick go pray for the you know those that are in bondage, and I'm like, oh, well, I don't want them to think it was me. This, this hits me all the time. And over and over and over again, is it about me or is it about him? Is it Christ in me or is it me? Has nothing to do with me, but there's something about co-laboring with. Because really, I said this last week, he could have done this without you. Because some people say that too, and it sounds so spiritual. Oh, less of me, more of you, right? They quote that one while they're misquoting it. But, you know, oh, God, you know, none of me. I don't want any of me. Well, he had none of you before he created you. So why would he want that again? He created you because he wanted you. He wants to co-labor with you. He wants to partner with you. He wants the natural to come into coexistence with his super and become supernatural. He loves partnering with his children. So yes, you're right. It has nothing to do with you, but it has everything to do with him in you and through you. So we got to get away from ourselves and let him use all of us. So really, I battle with this one. But again, over and over, you know, is Christ in you or is he not in you? If he's in you, then he's all through me too. He's all over me. He's all in me. He's all through me. So that when I pray for people, it's not me. Me partnering with him and his power. It's not my power. It's not anything I did or did not do or didn't do right or did on the way to church or didn't do on the way, to, you know, has nothing to do with that. He is either in you or he is not in you. But the manifest power of God because of his presence. You understand it's not power from his presence. It's the power that comes because of his presence. All right. And I'm really sick and tired. Like the Bible calls it form without power. That we can have church and go out and not expect a thing. Come in and go out or live our life day in and day out and it's just mundane routine. It's form without power. And I'm just sick to death of it. Because how does that declare the wonders of God? You know? 
And I, I've heard people misquote the one, well, it's a wicked generation that looks for signs. You're misquoting that completely. In the context of that, it was, I'm doing all these miracles, and then the religious people said, oh, by the way, can you do a miracle? Hello? What are you looking at? I, I just, I'm doing all these, what, what are you looking at? What are you looking for if what I'm doing is not enough? I'm already doing it. So it's not, because he even said when he commissioned them, he said, and I'll go with you and I'll confirm the word that you preach. What? With power, signs, miracles. So it's not a wicked thing to desire signs and miracles. He wants to confirm his word. It's complacency or dead religion on our part when we, when we settle back into form and just going through the motions without his power, without his miracles. He wants to shh. I know it, the world makes this a bad word, but he wants to show off. He does. Not because he's an egotistic maniac and, you know, look at me. No, it's because look at me. I have all glory, all power. I'm all knowing, you know, all loving, all merciful. You know, look to me. Let me show you. Can you just see that heart? So the presence of God is the person of God. It's the power of God. And the presence of God, where I want to set here for the remainder of this time, is the kingdom of God. The presence is the kingdom. Again, we're talking about the Holy Spirit in us, in us, and upon us. Brings Jesus' peace, the person, the fullness of the deity in us. The power of God then is in us, working through us. The kingdom of God is not only in us, it's upon us, and it's wherever we go. The kingdom of God, the fullness of the deity, the very kingdom of God. Remember, that means the king's domain, the king, his rule and reign, his throne exists upon. Oh, right here. Right here. Not there. You catch yourself praying that at times? Oh, someday, when I get there, it's here. It's here. It's there and here. It's yes and amen. Romans 14, 17. For the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating or drinking. Listen. But the kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy in... The Holy Spirit. See, I hear a lot of people just quote, oh, it's righteousness, peace, and joy. It's righteousness, peace, and joy. Well, they've actually perverted it to righteousness as in my idea and my understanding of what's right and what's wrong. Um, peace is, well, uh, it, as long as I'm happy, you know, and everything is copacetic, you know, peace, uh, doing my thing, what makes me happy, laying on the beach, you know, and again, joy replaced with happiness. Well, if my circumstances are all going right, then I'm happy. And it's not even a 
copycat kingdom of God. Because a copycat would be a good thing. It would be trying to replicate the kingdom of God. But this that's going throughout the churches nowadays, throughout Christians nowadays, this it's a it, it it's a counterfeit where it pretends to be the kingdom of God, righteousness, peace, and joy. But instead, it's all about them, and it's all about what makes them happy, and my idea of right and wrong, and my idea of happiness, and my idea of peace. And it's not the kingdom of heaven. The kingdom of God is righteousness. Righteousness is right standing with God. I have a right relationship with God, and it also includes, and I had to write this down so I wouldn't forget it, Acting in accord with his divine nature. That's what righteousness is. It's not only a right relationship with God, but it's acting in right, I got to read it again, acting in accord with his divine nature. The kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, but of righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Don't forget that part. It's in the Holy Spirit. Matthew 6.33 says, Seek first His kingdom and righteousness, and His righteousness, and all these things will be given or added on to you. What was the things He was talking about? In the context of that scripture, it was talking about, don't worry about this, don't worry about that, don't worry about what you eat, don't worry about what you drink, don't worry about the clothes, la, 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 la. Worry, 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 all the cares of life, right? Where am I going to do? What am I going to do now? What am I going to do now? What am I going to do now? Right? So don't worry about that. Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. And it's not his righteousness is apart from his kingdom. It's like the scripture that says, um, I think it was 1 Corinthians 13. And now these three remain, faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these is love. Same thing here. Seek first his kingdom and especially his righteousness. Then these things. Why? Because it changes your focus. My focus is on a right relationship with God and walking in accord with his divine nature. Then all these things will be added onto us. Then I'll be given back the proper M&M when he asks for it. Or even before he asks for it. You bet. Lord, here it is. Look what I was just... Here, Lord, would you like... You know, how would you like to use it? And the greatest resource you have is not the things that we hold tightly to. The dollars here, the car here, the house here, the kids, the wife. It's you. You are his greatest resource. You are your greatest resource. So when it starts here, with all my heart, all my mind, all my soul, emotions, and all my strength. He says, that's how you love God. That's how you love others. When it starts there, then all those other things, he says, we're adding it. Just add it to her. I can just hear the, you know, not just, and I'm making dollar signs, it's something funny. But it's like the clink, 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 being added into my account. Clink, 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 clink. Look at that. She's seeking first the kingdom, seeking first my righteousness, right? Standing with me and walking in accord with my divine nature. Give it to her. Just give it to her. And remember, this is about the kingdom of heaven. This is about the presence that carries the kingdom of heaven. Jesus said, when you go, 
preach. The kingdom of heaven is here. It's how he taught his disciples. Now go, he says, and preach. The kingdom of heaven is here. Where's here? Tom, where's here? Here to him is there. Here to Lynn is there. Here to Shannon is there. Here to me is here. Wherever you are, now I'm here. <laughs> now the kingdom of God isn't only here. It's here. And it's here. And it's there. And it's there wherever you go. I shared with you last week. I think I only shared with first service though. And Pastor Neil just mentioned it. The original word apostle was actually written. It, it was... Um, it was actually first used by the Greeks, and then the Romans took that word over because they liked it so much. Apostle, and it wasn't even talking about in a Christ movement like we think now. Actually, it was just a job description like a CFO. It, it, was a, it was a job description for the delegates of Rome to go out and conquer a nation and replicate where they came from. Create Rome wherever you go. That's where the phrase went in Rome. That's where that came from. Everywhere they go. Replicate the kingdom from which you came. That's where the word apostle came from. So when Jesus used the word apostle, he used it because he knew all of them that he was speaking to knew exactly what an apostle did. We're like, what does an apostle do? You know, they knew it's replicate the kingdom from which you come wherever you go. <laughs> the kingdom of heaven. Remember, Jesus then taught his disciples, taught us how to pray. And what did he say? Your kingdom come where on earth? Just as it is in heaven. That's what an apostle's job description that's our job description. We're an ambassador of Christ. He says, wherever you go, I go with you. You carry my presence. I'm in you. The empowerment of all I am is in you, moving through you. The kingdom of heaven is on you. Now, wherever you go, replicate what's in heaven wherever you go. That's carrying the kingdom with you. What? The kingdom of God, king's domain, the person of God, the fullness of the deity. In the Holy Spirit, his presence in you, upon you. But you've got to change the way you think. I'm afraid I'm going to jump into a, a hole and not be able to dig my way back out of this. But we've been spending the I've been spending the whole week and a half at the hospital every day, sometimes twice a day. If I if I got away for you know a couple hours, I'd go back again to be with Brian, who you know some of you, most of you know. Brian just went through open heart surgery. Um, anyway, long story short, every day it's a battle to find a parking spot around the hospital and if you can't find free parking you have to pay for that parking and I love I got the app on my phone so I don't have to worry about quarters I just hit but I just bugs me to pay 
as I'm feeding that meter on my phone, kind of little alert goes up. My money in. First couple days, I'm just like, you know, I just don't want to try to find a free, I'll just pay it, pay it. Well, you know, I think it was into the second day, I'm like, I am sick of paying this, you know? And I know sometimes I throw out statements and you're like, wow, she is crazy. So, but I don't have the time to take you through the history of my conversations with God to try to, but I want to encourage you with this. God's trying to change the way I, I think about who I am. I am. I am an ambassador of Christ. I am the representation of Christ, his power, his kingdom on me, through me, not because of anything I do or have done. Again, please remember that. But we are royalty. We are. And again, if I would change anything, if Jesus walked in the room from what I'm doing or what I'm saying or what I'm believing, then I'm believing wrong. I'm doing wrong and I'm saying wrong because if he's, if, if I understand the word, he's already here. He's in me. His kingdom's here. So in this parking situation, I'm like, I'm sick of paying to park. I deserve free parking. And I deserve the best parking. And I know some of you are going to buy. Oh, no, I heard a price. One of my favorite pastors preaches against this all the time. That if we take the best parking spot, then we're not when then we're looking that we're better than somebody else. And, you know, so somebody else has the parking. But, uh, uh, well, believe what you want. I wanted a good parking spot. So as I was pulling into the free parking, I'm like, Lord, I just believe. I'm royalty. I'm your daughter. You look for ways to bless me. I'm living in a right relationship with you. I'm walking in accord with your divine nature. Um, open up a parking spot for me. Angels want, you know. Every time. Every time. The end of the week and the half. I'm just, I, I'm, there was no thought. There was no conversation. I'm just, I'm getting a good Yep, yep, there it is, right there. I was telling, you know, people would come up and visit, and I'd go, you know, there's my car right there. Free. It's parking there free. And then I even thought, well, I'll test it. I'll take off for a couple hours because he had nap time. The ICU, the unit where he stayed in, it's mandatory. You have to leave for two hours because it's they shut down the lights. It's nap time for them. So I thought, well, I'm going to take off in the middle of the day, you know, when all the work coming in and out and everybody else coming in and out. And I'm coming back. And I'm going to have even a better parking spot. And I did. Why? Because he looks for ways to bless us. But when we pull in, because that's my first thought when I thought I was going to, you know, let me look for, well, I shouldn't because I heard that preacher. Well, I shouldn't want. I thought, you know, wouldn't we want to honor royalty? Don't you want to honor royalty? Wouldn't you want to give the best seat? Right? Think of it. I'm not trying to preach arrogance. I'm not trying to preach you're better than. I'm not preaching that all, at all. I'm trying to teach you to change the way you think about who you are. It's not your identity any longer. It's him in you. You carry his identity. The image of Christ is who we're to be transformed by the renewing of our mind. Into the image of God. I want to close with a scripture. 
from Psalms 24. Verses 7 through 10 says, lift up your heads, O you gates. Think about it. We walk around like this. Lift up your heads, O you gates. It's a gateway. Your mind. Lift up your head. What does this mean? God says, I am the lifter of your head. What does this mean? Oh, no, woe is me. Oh, woe is me. Does a king or an ambassador walk around low? No. Lift up your heads. Your royalty. Lift up your heads. Oh, you gates. Be lifted up, you ancient doors. The old way of thinking. Be opened up. Why? So that the king of glory can come in. Come in where? Here. Who is this king of glory? The Lord strong and mighty. The Lord mighty in battle. Not in peace. He's already the prince of peace. He wants to show himself mighty in your battles. So the prince of peace will soon crush Satan under your feet. But lift up your heads. And then he goes on to say it again. Lift up your heads. Oh, you gates. Be lifted up, you ancient doors. Those ancient ways of thinking. Fling wide. That the king of glory may come in. Who is he? The, this king of glory? The Lord Almighty. He is the king of glory. The king in you. The kingdom in you, the kingdom upon you, the kingdom wherever you go. The king's domain, the presence, the fullness of the deity in you and upon you. Establishing the very kingdom of God wherever you go. Would you stand? Could you start looping that song for me? I asked the worship team to please participate in the altar and not lead us on the stage, but lead us this way into worship.